Radio Drone. So, Brad, Jared, what episode number is this? I don't know. Brad and Jared, think of a number between 1 and 50. It's 47. This is oh, episode okay. 47. It was between 1 and 50. Yeah, that was right. It's true. Well, <laughs> you guys got to remember the big 5 2 is coming up. That'll be our one year. Woot! Sweet. I've got something planned I wanted to talk to you guys about, but Brad's got to leave pretty quickly tonight because he's got his ever thoughtful Twilight uh, Midnight to go to. I do. Um, <laughs> I do. I do have the Twilight Midnight screening tonight, and I'm going to tell you something. Like, there's part of me, and I'll openly admit, there's part of me that looks forward to the Twilight Midnight screenings. It doesn't really have anything to do with the movie. These are garbage, you know, so what? Uh, they're just, like, trashy, teeny flicks, whatever. The reason why I look forward to them is the, the dumbass audience in each of these midnight screenings for the Twilight movies, the collective IQ of about 40, is incredibly entertaining to me. It is. Oh, my God. Watching these girls swoon, like, like oh, my God. Fabian just walked in the room. It's really entertaining to me. I get a kick out of it for several reasons. One, it's hilarious and a sad statement of our times. And two, it annoys Jillian so much. Well, do you think these are the kind of people that would shop at AdamandEve.com? <laughs> if they want to know what if they want to know what a real romance is. Then yes. If they go there and they use the promo code DROME. They'll get 50% off a single item. <laughs> they'll get free shipping. They'll get three free DVDs. And they'll get a free mystery gift by using the promo code DROME. But I have a feeling most of them aren't old enough to go to adamandeve.com, huh? <laughs> well, the, the 40-year-old men might be. <laughs> <laughs> the Twilight Moms. Yeah, the Twilight Moms. Well, I mean, Brad, if you weren't married, would you go there and just kind of scam on the Twilight Moms? Would I hit on the Twilight Moms? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know because I would just look creepy. There's a reason why I play a serial killer like every other movie. I look creepy. No mom's gonna want to be around me at a Twilight Midnight screening. So you're saying you're not gonna look creepy going with Jillian tonight? Well, standing next to her, no. Oh, okay. I'll, look, I'll just look like a guy who got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a guy at a Twilight Midnight screening who's wearing a Slaughter High t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Slaughter High and Team Edward. <laughs> no, no, I'm literally wearing a I Slaughter know. High shirt. Are you going to go dr- you should go dressed as the snob. <laughs> if I wasn't so sick right now, I'd, 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 I'd actually consider that. I don't know, Tight Ted would be kind of funny. <laughs> um. <laughs> but where would you keep your wallet? 80s Dan. 80s Dan. 80s Dan. This movie's PG-13. They're cutting away from the love scene. Sixteen Candles was rated PG. That had a shower scene in it. The present sucks. Who created this PG-13 thing? Don Simpson is rolling over in his grave. Um, yeah, I, I got. Yeah, I do have to apologize. Yeah, if I sound laggy or tired I was doing a lot of writing last night and ended up getting to sleep late and woke up early for some reason so I only got like four hours of sleep so this, this midnight reading as much as I'm looking forward to the stupid audience 
this midnight screening is going to be so sluggish to get through. <laughs> well, and then you got the movie to consider too. Well, the movies, the movies are what they are. They're easy to make fun of. Excuse me, sorry about that. Uh, I'll, I'll give them that. They're they're easy to sit there and kind of laugh at, especially the mixture of just the shallow incompetence of every character on screen mixed in with this horny teenage audience that's just eating it right up. You know, it makes for a real train wreck of an experience. Uh, I'll, I'll give it that. I, I mean, if I was sitting there watching it at home, I, I'd probably be miserable. Uh, the riff tracks are funny. The riff tracks for them are funny. Speaking of that, yeah. um, I saw Cinematic Titanic this weekend since I was unable to go to Horror Hound. That was hilarious. Was that, what, what did they do? Danger on Tiki Island and Rattlers. Right on, man. That's awesome. And Rattlers, they said, was new, so they were working out some of the jokes. They weren't sure how well it was going to fly. We were like the third audience they tried it on. Is that the snake movie? Yeah, the one from the 70s. Okay, yeah, yeah. And th- the most off-putting thing was after having, what was it, 12 seasons of Mystery Science Theater? Yeah, something like that, yeah. And having all that under FC, FCC rules, hearing them swear and make sex jokes, is just so out of nowhere. It just seems so strange. Oh, is it? So, oh, so do they uh, drop, like, the F-bomb and stuff like that? Yeah, a couple of times, and then... Oh, well, uh, that's cool. Uh, they made, they, one of the girls in there clear, has a clear camel toe coming through her jeans, and yeah. there, there, was a, there was a couple of camel toe references. Oh, uh, I like that. Frank said f- three times in there. And so it was just—it was just a little off-putting to hear all that after all the sanitized mystery science theater seasons. I know what you mean because the first time I saw the movie, uh, the first time I saw the, the MST3K, the movie, when I saw it in the theater, I remember kind of being like that, like when Servo says, uh, "Well, whoop the shit." Yeah, whoop the shit. Yeah, I remember being like, "Like, oh my god, Tom Servo just cursed. That's awesome." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Brad, you have to do something for me. But I got something for you at the Cinematic Titanic showing. Nice. Box up Torgo's Pizza. I want to play a game. Nope. <laughs> I, I got my, my VHS of Pod People autographed by the entire cast for you. Oh, you got nice. that for me? Oh, thank you. All you have to do is replace the tape. You have to send me a VHS of Pod People so I still have the tape in my collection. Oh, so you need me to find uh, VHS of... of- Pod people uh, rift, yeah, of the mystery science oh, yeah, theater yeah, version. That, yeah, I could, I could do, I could do that. I could do that. And then Just, I will send uh, you the autographed copy. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can totally do that. Hey, thanks, thanks a million, man. And then I also got one of the box sets autographed for myself. Very cool. One of the VHS box sets. You know what? Other than one guy that had a laser disc of the movie, I was the only one that did not have DVDs. I notice that at the cons I go to, because when I go to cons, I take VHSs. I've taken Laserdisc before. Um, It's either Laserdisc, VHS, or or sometimes it's a poster, primarily VHS. Uh, And every time I bring that up there to sign, they're always so taken aback and shocked, and they're like, oh, holy crap, well, I haven't seen one of these in a while. (laughs) We met William Atherton. Uh, at Horror Hound, and he was that when I uh, when I brought up my VHS of uh, of Ghostbusters. Did you ask him if he has a dick? No, no, I I, I stayed away from that. I I, I try <laughs> to stay with, I try to stay away from stuff that 
they'll probably hear all weekend. <laughs> True. Um, Ernie Hudson uh, said that in the uh, in the panel, though. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you know what you sh- you know what you should have asked Ernie Hudson. You should have asked him if he's seen <laughs> that'll turn you white. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I I went to Cinematic Titanic and it was really cool meeting the guys. Got my picture taken with Trace and Joel. And yeah. no, I'm not name dropping. They're not my buddies. I'm not name dropping. Uh, name dropper Bob. With Trace and Joel. I showed them a movie I made. Guess what? They did not say a word. They were that impressed with my movie. No, the, 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 Trace, <laughs> Joel, my buddies, my new buddies. No, literally, I got my photo taken with them, got the autographs, and then I was shuffled off to for the next person in line. That was yeah. the extent of it. I wanted to interview them. I, I had. I had press passes, that's how I got into the screening, but they yeah. were just so booked. They did not have time. As soon as the show was over, they did some more autographs, and then they uh, had to get back to the hotel. So I wanted to interview them, but it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we uh, we got a few interviews at ours, and I was, as long as we came away with a Robert Russler interview, I was I was happy. He was He was primarily who I wanted to see. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I if I should be saying this, but Jillian told me he was hitting on her. Oh no, no, no! I was I was there. <laughs> okay, I just I, I wasn't sure, but Jillian told me Robert Russler was hitting on her. Oh yeah, I was flat. I was flattered as hell. Are you kidding me? Russler hit on my wife. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm like I'm like dude, I'm like the least jealous person in the world. Like Robert Russler, Grady, Mad Max, and Weird Science. That's a uh, that's that's a bit to have that living legend hit on your wife um <laughs> no we, we 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 got our picture taken up there with uh with robert wrestler and again i i don't think i need to say this at this point i am a huge robert wrestler fan and uh um so so anyway we get our we get our picture taken and uh, with him and i'm like it's a pleasure to meet you man and shake his hand and uh he 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 says that to me and he, jillian says the same thing and he kind of looks jillian up and down and goes, uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> he was cool. That guy was cool as hell. We walked up to his table. Uh, I kind of introduced myself, and he's kind of sitting there, and he goes, he's like, how you doing, boys? I'm Robert f***ing Rustler. <laughs> <laughs> did, uh, did you meet Lance Henriksen or any of the Walking Dead people? that I Lance know? Henriksen was at the last con we went to, the one we went to in August, I think. I... Uh, Flatigan. We uh, uh we met Rooker we met Rooker at the one in August. Uh, Rooker was there at this one, and it was great because there was an after hours party going on. I think Friday night. We 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 kind of walked through there. Everyone's around in a circle, and we're seeing what they're looking at. We're standing there, and Rooker was standing there, being awesome and challenging people to pick him up off the ground. There were bodybuilders there and stuff. No one could do it. I guess there's like some kind of science. That he uh, that he developed. It's the science of being awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, is is Rooker ever not awesome? Because right. Brad, Jared, I need to address something that happened last week when our show aired, yeah. and it's because of Rooker. Michael Rooker killed last week's airing of Radio Drome. What? Michael Rooker was on the show before us. Okay. Oh, okay. You told me about that. Yeah. yeah. Michael Rooker was on the show before us, and keep in mind he returned to The Walking Dead this week, so that was a very big deal. Yeah. Well, so many people clogged the server trying to listen to him on that show that the server crashed 17 minutes into Radio Drome's airing. 
Oh man! And and then the crash damaged the file, so Todd couldn't even put it into the archives properly because it was only seventeen minutes of it. <laughs> so I had to re-up the the clean file to him for him to put in the archives. So it was like not only could people not listen to it, it was still another two to three days before people could download the whole episode, all because look, of Michael Rooker. This way, look at this way. Probably still got better ratings than How to Be a Gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> probably still got better reviews than Tower Heist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Tower uh, Heist didn't do too well. No, I think it did okay, like at the box office, but I don't think. It, yeah, like Josh said, I don't think it got good reviews. The critics oh. were not liking it, even though people were seeing it. Did uh, uh, oh, what? Yeah, like there were there were since we had a table. At the con, it's not like I was away from the table a whole, a whole hell of a lot. Uh, so I, I usually go to them like, okay, there's going to be about three or four people that I that I that I gotta meet that I gotta meet. And this particular one met, uh, of course, Rustler and uh, got my Elm Street two sign, the same VHS that Mark Patton signed, and uh, William Atherton <laughs> definitely, and uh, met Alex Winter and Brian O'Halloran. Oh, that's cool. That was very cool. Yeah, they were nice. I've spoken to Halloran on the phone before, but I've never met him in person. And Alex Winter, I just, I love his stuff. I, I God damn it, MTV, I want the idiot box on DVD. Dude, yeah, I went up to him and uh, I, I was talking to him a little bit about Freaked. And he signed he signed a Freaked uh, still shot for me. Oh, that's cool. W- were they charging or... Since you had a table there, did you kind of get free autographs? No, no, no. Uh, since I mean, I was just a vendor. Um, but uh, uh, so, see, yeah, like I know Lloyd Kaufman never charges. Uh, Lloyd Lloyd Kaufman never charges. Uh, I think there were maybe like one or two people there who weren't charging for pictures, but the rest of them, it was like. Yeah, like twenty dollars for an autograph, and like the picture is free or, or something like that. Because it's, the the cinematic Titanic people, Brad. Yeah. No charges. They would autograph. I mean, I'm I'm assuming if you took like a stack of ten things in front of them, it'd be one thing. But they never balked at somebody bringing five different things to be signed in front of them, and they would just move it right along the line. They were really cool and gracious. Oh yeah, yeah. I I just I just charged for the DVDs I was selling, and that was it. Did you put? Um, did you push Drome at all, or did you only push Cinema Snob? Come on, you bastard! Somebody, the girl came up. Uh, one of the fans, one of the fans came up and said that she, she goes, "I wish Josh is Josh Hadley here," and I go, "I go, no, no, he he couldn't he couldn't make it." And she goes, "Oh man, I wish Josh was here because I hate his guts." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I started cracking up and I was like I was like I can't wait to tell him. <laughs> and she, and she was like I I I can't remember if she said like if she said like so like are you going to tell him? And I was like no no he he, he won't he, he won't get pissed or anything. That's <laughs> kind of flattered in a weird way. <laughs> so there you are. She, he just told him on air. <laughs> Speaking of drum, though, um, and Lloyd Kaufman, I went up to Lloyd Kaufman and I and I tried to uh, uh, refresh his memory on the uh, interview that we did with him. He was um, drunk. He's not going to remember what it. Made you think he would remember that? <laughs> it was fairly recent, and he know. was also drunk. And he probably gives. God knows how many interviews. Well, 
I mean, it was it was hilarious. It, I mean, he he was actually uh, he was actually a lot of fun during the exchange. I I go up to him and I go, "Hey, Lloyd, uh, you know, uh, Jared Foyles." I shake his hand and I go, "Now, I don't know if you remember me or not, but I interviewed you on a podcast along with uh, two other guys." And he, even even before uh, and and that's as far as I got. And he goes, "Oh yeah, I, I remember. It was best." Best podcast ever. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way Lloyd is. That's the way Lloyd is. That's awesome. It was pretty awesome. I I laughed. uh, I laughed pretty pretty hard at that well speaking of lloyd i've got a i've got a review i've got to do later on this i just got a dvd set for produce your own damn movie that i just watched oh nice we'll we'll, we'll talk about that later but so what else happened at horror hound like i said i was at the table mostly uh i sent the boys out to go shoot the el topo chico video uh i shot the name dropper bob thing we did the drunk brian thing um, I shot panels. Yeah, and then got <laughs> yeah. several flattering comments. <laughs> what happened, Jared? You know, like go go to the snob. Yeah, uh, go to the snob site. Check out some of the comments on the panel footage. People love up. me because it's some of them are kind of are kind of funny, <laughs> like the one that says uh, that. How did it go? Uh, somebody put. This one, bad one of the best. It was one of the best troll comments I've seen in a long time. It was like Jared's footage symbolizes his closeted homosexual tendencies. Um, <laughs> I've never known likes, Jared to be closeted because he likes to keep. Because here's, I think this is how it went. Because he his camera inexperience in the closet, along with his need to want to stick a throbbing dick in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Jared, just come out of the closet. We will still love you as a bad cameraman and as a gay man. (laughs) So, Jared, out of that, which hurts you more, the gay comment or the bad cameraman comment? Uh, It's a trolling, so none of it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You were up here pretty hurt. Uh, like, he thinks I'm gay. <laughs> he was up here pretty butthurt, and it wasn't because of the comment. Ooh! Because <laughs> uh, I, just, I just want th- that woman that hates me, I want her to email me, because I, I want to converse with her, because that is so awesome that she hates my guts. She was she she came to the table a couple of times. She was pretty she was pretty fun. Did, did I get to meet her? Was it was it the girl on oh, Saturday or? I think it was Saturday. I, th- I think it might have been Saturday. Uh, uh, short brown hair. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did I did meet her. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. So, is anything else interesting happen at Harhound? Oh, the the water park, uh, the indoor water park after party off the chain. It was... Was it off the heezy? It sheezy? was off the heezy for sheezy. No, dude, like... like okay. Are we skewing uh, urban now? I, I don't know if you're... Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the chain. Uh, it's called Coco Keys, but they've... Um, I, I didn't even know it was a chain, uh, but apparently there's one uh, up near oh, Chicago. Right up. I don't know if you're familiar with the term water sports. <laughs> 
it's this indoor water park. Uh, it, it had uh, this particular one had four slides, uh, lazy river, uh, a bar, a kitty area. They had cats there? How could they have cats there if there's water? Uh, cats love water. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, because how else are you going to uh, uh, drown the cats for uh, Chinese food? Anyway. <laughs> uh, and just, had... you, you just get them. There's nothing, there's nothing better what? than a wet... Jared, there's nothing better than a wet pussy. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and they even had this hot tub grotto. It was Awesome! Oh man, that was nice. My back was hurting me around Saturday night. I got to eat at a five. I got to eat at a Five Guys uh, burger joint for the yeah, first time. Yeah, that was pretty good. My God, that was a that was one of the best burgers I've ever had in my life. <laughs> it was amazing. We have one of those in Green Bay. Yeah, one I've of never, those. I've, I've, we have one, but I've never been there. Oh, dude, dude, try it. It is pretty good. We, we, there's something else I really want to talk about tonight, but I want to I want to talk about that produce your own damn movie DVD. Have you guys seen any of the your own damn series? Uh-uh. No, no, I just have the books. Uh, well, the books are really funny. Lloyd Lloyd definitely knows how to grab an audience. And the weird thing about the books is, I really thought some of the stories were exaggerated. Yeah. And then when you actually see the making ofs of like Citizen Toxie in that, you realize he wasn't exaggerating much. I'll bet. You know? Yeah. But in this one, the thing that disappointed me about the Produce one is it is really, really disorganized. Is it? it it's it's really just a, a random collection of about 40 different interviews and little 10 to 12 minute segments on people talking about having a movie produced. There's no cohesion to it. And, you know, the Charles Band one, the Cinemaker, that one... Yeah. That one's actually like a teaching tool. The Kaufman stuff is just basically a bunch of people giving their war stories about what they had to do. So oh, okay. I, I really can't say I recommend it, but I, I got to say, you know, if you like Lloyd, there's a lot of really funny stuff in there. Yeah. And, and the video likes to poke fun at itself a lot. Lloyd will be talking to the camera, and he's like, I'm here on this movie, title, you know, and he says the title, directed by, and he says the guy's name, and there'll be a card that comes up while he's talking that says, that's not the title of the movie, it's actually this. The director is actually this guy. And so, you know, it, it's yeah. it's kind of fun in that way, but if you're looking for something informative, yeah, not at all. Mm-hmm. It's not informative at all. Something happened the day that we are recording this, something that if passing will affect Brad really hard is you guys know about the SOPA bill I'm not trying to turn this into a political show or an episode of what the f*** or whatever but this does relate to to you Brad yeah yeah I I know of it Uh, I I was talking to Michaud a little bit yesterday and I know it's I know it's certainly got a lot of people worried. Uh, I'm, I'm trying not. I, I'm trying not to think too much about it. Really, uh, I'm doing a pretty good job at, at kind of keeping it out of my head. I, I'm just. I'm just working. I'm just doing my job. I'm just do, putting stuff out there, and hope it ends up going away. <laughs> well, for for those who don't know, what it is is the Stop Online Piracy Act which both houses are behind in almost a complete unanimous support. And basically what it does is gives the movie studios the right to police the Internet. It's basically Internet censorship. If Brad uses a clip of a movie, say, for example, say owned by Universal, Universal can not only come after him for massive fines, 
jail time. They can have him blacklisted from the internet, i.e., an ISP would not be he would not legally be able to obtain an ISP to get on the internet again, and he would have to pay them a major fine. And it would be up to places like Google to police their own systems. So obviously, Google, YouTube, places like that are against this bill because they're they're basically out of business if this passes. Yeah. And basically, free fair use goes away. Fair use doesn't exist anymore if this bill passes. I've heard a couple of things. I've I I, I heard that uh, unless you could tell me wrong, I heard someone talking earlier that. Uh, Obama has said he's going to veto it. I hadn't heard that. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping because it's basically passed in both houses, or the House and the Senate, and if Obama gets it, I so want him to go, "Uh uh-uh, no, we still live in America, guys. Yeah. That's what I want to happen, but I don't know because Obama is so wishy-washy at this point. Well, I know that... uh... I know that some people are trying to remain optimistic that if it passes, if it goes through, hopefully there'll be some kind of ex- some kind of exceptions or something like that. I-, I know some people out there are a little optimistic about that, and I'm I'm just trying I'm just trying not to freak out about the whole thing. You know, I just I just want to keep doing my job. You know, uh, worst I guess worst comes to worst, I guess I can only do public domain movies from now on. <laughs> and there's only so many of those. Right, yeah. But 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 see, Brad, you would also have to take down all your past videos. Yeah, yeah. Anything, basically, your site would be a vlog site, and that's it. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to use audio clips, but on an you know I'm not saying that this is great, but on an up note, we would still be cleared for this yeah. for this show and Jackalope and whatnot because Todd pays into the uh, the artists fund that's why we have full rights clearances for clips we use or any songs we use oh well, that's cool so at least you know I'm not trying to look well at least I'm safe but this yeah. you know this show wouldn't be affected other than I'd be bitching about it a lot yeah because it's bullshit this whole thing so anyone want to just if they want to just outlaw torrents or get rid of torrents it's you don't Bring, don't bring me and my business and my career into this crap. But see, Brad, it's not just torrents. They they want anything. For example, if you're if you're shooting a scene for Bruno Matai show, you shoot in a bar, right? And you can hear music and stuff in the background. Yeah, yeah. Say there's a someone puts a Rolling Stone song on the box, and that song is being heard in your video. You have just infringed on the Rolling Stones copyright. Yeah, you know, even having something in the background of a video, or even having your two-year-old singing along to Britney Spears, that yeah. would become illegal. Mm-hmm. That—that's why this is such so wrong. First of all, it is too sweeping. It is too big of a bill. Yeah, and I'm sorry if I'm bringing you know people that just want a good fun show here a downer, but this will affect well, them. So it is important to what we do on this show. Yeah, it affects me, it affects my life, my coworkers, my friends, you know, people personally I don't know personally. Um yeah, it'll be it'll be a nightmare. But like if if you said you heard Obama said he's going to veto it, I that's what I want to believe. I, I it was just a comment that I saw, you know. I I don't know if it's true, but it's 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 just a comment that I saw. The the thing I like is there's a lot of companies that are against this that are surprising me, like Yahoo and Facebook and AOL and eBay and Google yeah. and all that. And 
I'm actually kind of surprised they're anti this bill. Yeah. Because you got to think, you know, it's 20th Century Fox and the RIAA and all those cretins that want this thing. And most of the, the websites are kind of in the pocket of them. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of surprised about this whole thing. This didn't go on as long as I thought it would, so do you guys want to talk about... Uh, I mean, I know, Brad, you said you wanted to research this, but I think we can go kind of off the cuff a little bit. Sure. For a couple of weeks ago, before we started getting distracted, we promised we'd talk about the best movies never made. Which which one a, a movie that never happened, or at least the version of it that never happened, are you the most disappointed about? I don't know. I told you before the yeah. show that I would need to do some reading okay. if we did this topic. <laughs> well, th- th- that's why I'm saying we can kind of off the cuff it. I didn't know if you had something in the back of your head. I got like four hours of sleep last night. I'm not thinking okay. off the top of my head too clearly. All right. Well, we brought up before Jaws 3, People 0. Yeah. Which I think would have been really funny, especially with Dante at the helm. And then there was, do you remember in the late 90s when Oliver Stone was going to, or no, it wasn't in the late 90s, early 90s, when Oliver Stone was going to do the Planet of the Apes remake? Yeah, it would have been better than what we got. Well, I don't know. He wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger for Taylor. I don't know how well that would have worked out. It, would have been, it, would, it wouldn't have been as bad as anything that was in the Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. True. <clears throat> and then after Arnold dropped out, he wanted George Clooney. I, I could see that. I see. I couldn't see '90s George Clooney. I could see today George Clooney. I could see. I could see '90s George Clooney. I would have liked Steven Seagal. He would have kicked some simian ass. '90s Steven Seagal. '90s oh, yes. Steven Seagal. Yeah. <laughs> or '90s Jean Claude. Yeah. Because he, he can play. Uh, he can play an all American. Play the Apes. We'll get Van, Van Dam can do the Omega Man. <laughs> <laughs> Only if they do the uh, mutants with big afros. Exactly. Only if they keep the afros. Mm-hmm. And then I remember for years Arnold was trying to get a Doc Savage movie made from the the old pulps. Yeah. I know he was trying to get that made for years, and that was stuck in development hell. For the longest time, I Am Legend was stuck in development hell, so that almost was a movie that never got made. I think we can all agree that what we really want to see is Smokey is the Bandit. I want to see that cut, damn it. Yeah, I know. I've only heard about it. (laughs) Well, do you want to explain what that is for people who might not understand what we're, you know, that might not be the movie nerds we are? Smokey is the Bandit was the original Smokey and the Bandit 3, in which case it was Jackie Gleason playing Buberty Justice and the Bandit. He was chasing, he was playing dual characters. He was chasing himself. They do. They show this to test audiences. Test audiences were very confused, naturally. So they reshoot the uh, Jackie Gleason as the bandit parts with Jerry Reed and Colleen Camp. <laughs> and that's, that's what you see when you watch Smokey and the Bandit 3. And it's even gotten to the point to where it, for a while, it was, like an urban legend as to whether or not as to whether or not that that was actually true that there was a cut called Smokey is the Bandit but apparently it is true apparently true I've I've never seen any footage I've never seen any footage from it or any frames when I've seen some interviews with people who have verified that Mm -hmm. well and then the only thing I liked about Smoking the Bandit 3 was Burt Reynolds has a really hilarious cameo in that. Yeah. His yeah. cameo, I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, but 
he only has a small uh, cameo in the movie, and it's worth the movie for it. For it. I kinda. It's a really bad movie. Yeah, it's really bad. But I thought his cameo. I, like I said, I thought it was really funny because I didn't remember it. I didn't remember him being in that at all. So when it when he popped up, I was really pleasantly surprised when I caught it on cable a couple of years ago. You know, that's something I'm surprised hasn't been remade now that I think about it. What's Smoking the Bandit? Yeah, I'm really surprised Smoking the Bandit has not popped up again on the remake block. Wayne Johnson and a bunch of CGI cars. (laughs) (laughs) Well, did you guys hear... Now, what do you guys think about Bruce Campbell's explanation for why there's no Ash character in the new Evil Dead remake? Do you think it was a dodge or a legitimate reason Sam Raimi had? I haven't heard anything about this. Oh, because, you know, there's no Ash character whatsoever in the new Evil Dead remake, the Diablo Cody one. Okay. When asked about this, Bruce Campbell said, Sam made the decision that because no matter who they cast, they would always be comparing that version of the character to Bruce Campbell's version, so they decided to not have the character whatsoever. I I actually agree with that. But it does kind of sound like a dodge at the same time. I... Whether or not it's a dodge, it's a good thing. It's a good. It's a good dodge. Yeah. 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 It's really. A I, good actually, idea. I actually agree with what he said. Whether it's a dodge, I don't. I, at that point, I don't really care what the intent is. Wow, Sam Raimi's showing some, showing some real uh, intelligence. No, if Sam Raimi was if Sam Raimi was showing some real intelligence, he wouldn't be involved in this train wreck. Yeah, he'd get off his ass and make Warcraft. No, he'd get off his ass and make Future Dead, Evil Dead 4, that he has a freaking script for since the early 90s. Oh, damn. He'd make Warcraft was in development hell. Well, because do you remember the the alternate ending of Army of Darkness, Jared? No, I never saw Army of Darkness. He sleeps too long, he goes into the future. Yeah, he sleeps 100 years too long and wakes up to a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Nice. And test audiences hated that ending, so that so you got the S-Mart ending that's in the final version of the film. And they had a script for what was then called Future Dead, and it never got made. And it's like, damn it, Sam, make Future Dead. Stop yeah. screwing around. Mm-hmm. Don't remake these movies. Make the sequels that we never got. Yeah. Make the Friday the 13th movie. You know, let Quentin Tarantino, let, let's see what Tarantino's script was. <laughs> yeah, Tarantino's. Yeah, Tarantino's Friday the Thirteenth would have been would have been interesting. <laughs> you know, because there, there's all these scripts out there that you go, that was pretty cool. Why wasn't it made? You know, you've got all these alien sequels. Don't make Prometheus. This maybe it's an alien movie. Oh, by the way, that's an alien movie again. Ridley Scott's come out again, and yes, now it's connected to the Alien franchise again. Because at first it was, then it wasn't, then it was, then it wasn't, and now it's connected again. Make the second part of Battlefield Earth. (laughs) Make Riddick 3, damn it! They are making Riddick 3. Yeah, that's still in development hell. They haven't even shot a frame of that. Until I actually see a trailer, I'm not believing that movie's ever going to happen. That's one of those ones, I gotta see a trailer or I'm not believing it. Oh, and I saw the 21 Jump Street trailer. I wanted to vomit in anger, Brad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was worse than you told me it was. That was a thing, wasn't it? You know what the thing about that is? I actually thought of another another example of uh, something that was kind of turned into a comedy. 
from source material that really wasn't that I that I liked. I actually really do love the uh, 1980s uh, Dragnet with Dan Aykroyd. Okay, yes, I agree, and I, I like that movie quite a bit. And I agree, they turned it into a comedy, but they played it totally straight. See that? that yeah, that's 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 the thing is because I I, I had sort of forgot I, I kind of forgot about that when we were it slipped my mind when we were talking about that a couple weeks ago. Normally, I I I don't really like like it when that happens. Think source material that's not comedic, and you and you make it comedic. There's been a couple of times where I where I thought it it was fine, but other times you've got that Green Hornet, which I couldn't stand, or Starsky uh, and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch, I thought was Starsky and Hutch is campy enough anyway. So I thought I thought that movie did it okay. Green Hornet, I, I didn't, I, I really didn't like all that much. Uh, and this Twenty One Jump Street movie, well, it makes Green Hornet look like a good idea by comparison. Yeah, that looks like garbage. First of all, you, you know, I, I, I like Jonah Hill fighting in some stuff. He, he's, he's made me laugh in some movies. Uh, I'm, I'm not really buying him as a cop for one. And you've got him there with Channing Tatum, who's supposed to be action hero type, but Channing Tatum is a terrible action hero. He's a terrible actor. But see, yeah, but is. see, the, 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 there's a difference here. The thing with Dragnet, why that worked, yeah. was Dan Aykroyd, while making it a comedy, when he wrote the script, he showed an enormous amount of respect. For yeah, the source yeah. material, at the same time, he wasn't making fun of the source material. Oh yeah, yeah. The Twenty One Jump Street movie right is there. making fun of Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, it looks like something that, you know, yeah, you're you're exactly right because whether or not, yeah, the, the Dragnet was comedic, it was still, you know, it was homage, it was still, it was very much in the spirit of of the series. And know? it was a sequel. It was an actual sequel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah, a remake or anything. It was an actual sequel to the TV you show. Gannon, you had Gannon in there and, and everything, and. uh and so uh, um, in this this Twenty One Jump Street, it looks like if it wasn't called Twenty One Jump Street, like I know it's about like undercover cops in a school, I, I know that, but if it wasn't called Twenty One Jump Street, and I saw that trailer, I wouldn't think, wow, that looks like Twenty One Jump Street. Well, and then at the same time, there's this weird thing in the trailer. Is it a sequel to the original to the series or a parody of it? Because they specifically mention we're reviving our old '80s undercover cop program. So I'm thinking, okay, it's a sequel. And yet one of the Channing Tatum's characters named Jenko. Jenko was the original captain in the first five episodes. Uh-huh. So is that a parody then, or is it a sequel, or is it going to be one of those bastardized? It's a parody and a sequel. That's one of the things I was going to ask too. Are they even? I was going to ask you if they, if they were even playing the characters from the series. No. Uh, well, like I said, Channing Tatum's character is named Jenko, and he was their captain in the first five episodes, but he got killed in a, by a drunk driver yeah. in like episode between episodes five and six. I, I don't think it's supposed to be the same character because if it is, it makes no sense at all. It's like who 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 is asking for this? Who is asking for? A, a raunchy comedy of Twenty One Jump Street. Who is asking for, you know, Seth Rogen's Green Hornet? Who is asking for stuff like this? You know, a lot of people didn't like the Miami Vice movie. I'm one of the few who liked it. I actually really liked that movie a lot. But regardless of whether 
you think that the Miami Vice movie was good or bad. It was a Miami Vice movie. Well, I'm just dreading the the day they decide, let's make Hill Street Blues or St. Elsewhere into a new gritty action movie. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be shotgunning Hollywood executive kneecaps when that happens. Yeah, yeah. I love those two series. Oh yeah, yeah. If they did like the opposite, you know, they take like a comedy from the '80s, let's say Cheers, let's say Cheers, and like turn it into something like a drama, like Leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hank, Hank, Hank has his, Hank Carlson, that friend of mine, Hank Carlson. He has a script for a really dark Alf movie he wants to make. <laughs> Nice. I mean, Alf is pulling people's arms out and, you know, drinking with hookers and stuff, and he's got a dark, dark Alf script he wants to try and get the rights to Alf to make. That's beautiful. So, yeah, there are people that have thought of that. that let's take a comedy and we'll do it hardcore. Has, has that ever... <laughs> Show someone Permanent Midnight and tell them it's the Alf movie. Um, Show them pod there... people and say it's a prequel. Yeah. Is there? Has that ever really even to a minor extent has that ever happened where there's been a comedic series and a movie was made it's kind of dark i'm not sure not off the top, on of, top my of my head, head i can't i'm sure 1201 beyond at gmail.com if you think of something yeah if you think of a, a legitimate example of that email us uh-huh. and also if you're that chick that hates me email me too yeah oh man it's yeah you still got twilight to go see it's gonna be hell because <laughs> I wanted to sit there and eat some popcorn or something, but I got this cough, and the popcorn's not going to help that any. So I can't <laughs> sit there. I'm thinking about just sneaking a burger into the theater or something. <laughs> well, on, uh, on on that note, we got to wrap it up. Do you guys want to plug anything? Uh, check out the site. Uh, While it's still there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if it's still there. Yeah, I still got E.T. Week up. I've got all the videos that we shot over at Horror Hound Weekend. Jillian scored an interview with Rustler, Noah Hathaway, and Camden Toy from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And uh, we got Return of El Topo Chico, Name Dropper Bob, uh, different ca- different con videos that we posted. So uh, so definitely check that out. By the time this airs, I'm sure I'll have some Thanksgiving videos up. <laughs> In- unless Rooker kills us next week, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And while you're there, make sure you uh, check out... Um... My uh, videos of the panels that I showed. Your your very gay videos, Jerry. Yeah, my very gay videos. Uh, I somebody, got... somebody did real quick. Somebody did put a comment on his newest panel that said, "said like, uh, Jared's video is like the Republican Party, homophobic." Like, <laughs> why did you shot a panel? <laughs> uh, but uh, I've got one that's uh, from Pet Cemetery. And another one, uh, Ghostbusters. So he fixed the title. Is he misspelled oh, Pet Cemetery. I, I didn't. I Did you spell actually, it correctly instead I of with an S? So I, I was the first comment on that that said, "Let me be the first to say, hey, Jared, you misspelled the movie's title." <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, Rick Perry moment. Um, no, I actually. Uh, He's always getting that title wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I um, I have never noticed that the that the title of the movie was was a, an alternate spelling i i thought it was weird i always thought it was called pet cemetery 2 <laughs> good night we'll let these two bicker good night 
The shadows move. The wind howls. You run in terror and hide. Bloody hand rises to grab you, and with an axe you split apart what was once human. Zombie. No one under 17 will be admitted. I'm here with John Pata of the Oshkosh Horror... Would it be Oshkosh Horror or Oshkosh Horror Festival? Well, we're OshkoshHorror.com, which is a website that's dedicated to building a strong horror community in the Fox Valley. But then we put together the Oshkosh Horror Film Festival. Which I screwed up on last year. I didn't find out about it until there was only about three hours left of the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, we, we try to get the word out there as best we can. I think next year we might get a street team together to help flyer the state. Well, the films you had this year, one of them was Screaming in High Heels a film that actually, at the time we're recording this, doesn't even have a release or distribution date yet. Do you know, what did you have to do to try and get something like that, something that's not even really out there yet? Derek Carey, who edited Screaming in High Heels, he was also the editor and producer on Swamphead, a film that we showed at the same festival that was from Oshkosh. And uh, I've known him for about a year because we showed a film of his last year at the first film festival. And we made the uh, the deal to do the premiere of Swamphead at the film festival. And then I also knew that he was working on Screaming in High Heels, and they just premiered that in August at Flashback Weekend Chicago. So I asked if they would want to do a screening here. And as it turns out, it was the the Wisconsin premiere for it. So it was really just knowing the right person and talking to him about it. How did you get some of the other films? Did you guys have any problems getting some of them? And before we get into that, actually, can you list off some of the films that you just showed? Maybe some of the listeners out there have seen them or know the people that made them? Yeah, absolutely. Well, aside from Screaming in High Heels and the premiere of Swamphead, We also had, uh, it was night two of the Wisconsin premiere of Mediatrix, which is Corey Udler, who did Incest Death Squad and Incest Death Squad 2. He premiered Mediatrix the night before them in Oshkosh. And the rest of the full lengths that we had, there was the Amateur Monster movie, which was out of Milwaukee. And I Didn't Come Here to Die, which actually was filmed in Austin, Texas, but the core filmmakers were from the Wisconsin, Wisconsin. So we made a little bit of an exception there. And that's been doing the film festival circuit for about a year now. And again, that's one that doesn't have distribution. And uh, then we also had Blood Junkie, which was a film made by a Milwaukee filmmaker that got picked up by Trauma. And then some of the shorts that we had, we had Flesh Eating Fog and Demon's Loot, which were out of Madison, and then Hollow, which was an animated short from the Appleton area, and um, uh, an outbreak at Meadowbrook Park, which was from Green Bay. What kind of attendance did you have at this? Since, like I said, I screwed up and I missed it. I, I don't even know what kind of attendance you had, what kind of theater it was in, anything like that. I totally gimped yeah, this one. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm, I'm also a member of the nonprofit Time Community Theater, which is a theater in downtown Oshkosh, and... Um, Max capacity is about 400, and this year we had over 250 attendees, which tripled our record or our attendance from last year. Last year being our first year, we pulled in about 85 guests all day, and this year, yeah, it was well over 250. We don't have an exact head count because things got a little crazy towards the end, but uh, I'd say right around 265 or so. And are you obviously you're going to want more than that? Are you going to try to hold it at the same place next year? Yeah, yeah, we're going to do it at the same place because. The events that I put on at the Time Community Theater, um, I also do Friday Fright Night, which is a bi-weekly celebration of 50s and 60s B-movies from April through September. Uh, all the events that I put on there we do as fundraisers because we are a nonprofit theater. 
So definitely one of the reasons that I do the festival there is to help raise money for the theater. The main reason, though, is to showcase Wisconsin-based horror. Yeah, next year I'm only going to do it there. Um, I'm looking to kind of up the ante for next year. We might split it into a two-day festival if we can get enough submissions or might try to pull in a little special viewing of uh, some other known Wisconsin films, even if they aren't incredibly recent. If somebody that's listening to this from Wisconsin has their own short or wants to do something before next year, where do they go to submit it and what is the deadline? Uh, the, the, Wisconsin, the Oshkosh Horror Film Festival will always be in October. So the deadline is going to be the end of September. And the best thing to do is just go to OshkoshHorror.com. There's a tab for the film festival, which I'll be updating with information about next year. But the cool thing is, is we don't have any submission fees. We don't do anything. There's no best of. There's no best screenplay. There's no contest. It's not about that. It's really just about celebrating Wisconsin horror and bringing the filmmakers with the fans together. So if people are interested, OshkoshHorror.com, or you can hit me up at John at OshkoshHorror.com. You gave me the contact info for some of the people since I missed the festival, and yeah. I've gotten screeners for about half of those. I'll admit at the time we're recording this, I haven't had a chance to watch them yet. Would you say that this was a stronger year film-wise than the first year? I'm not trying to put you on the spot by saying, oh, the first year wasn't as good, but would you say you got a lot stronger submissions this year, this previous Absol year? Yeah, absolutely, and and that's uh, that's not saying anything against last year's films, like you said, but we even had attendees this year say how they thought the films were so much stronger than last year. And and um, uh, we had everything from, you know, some films maybe were made for $20 and other films had budgets of 50 or 60,000. So we had stuff from all gamuts and um yeah, it was uh it was a really really good year for the film festival. It kind of made me go, ah crap, how are we going to do this next year because we had some really good films this year. Very very confident that people are going to keep churning out awesome films. Well, I want to go I want to go next year and you need to keep me on your mailing list so I actually know about it next year. For sure. Absolutely. We can do that. And I don't gimp that up. So, <laughs> is oshkoshhorror.com. You can also find us on Facebook just by looking up Oshkosh Horror. If you want to contact me directly, john at oshkoshhorror.com. And thank you very much for giving us some time to talk about it and for promoting Wisconsin film and Oshkosh Horror. Not a problem. Thank you very much, John. You bet. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> Bye.
shows the fire.